Good morning, guys. How are you? Man, amen. I'll tell you what, it's a great day to be here. You know, <laughs> if I get emotional, it's not because I'm old, okay? Um, it's just because this place is a this throwback Saturday for me. And, um, boy, I go back to the day of the horse barn days. I, you, y'all, do you all hear the horse barn days? My, my word. I mean, how many were a part of the horse barn days? Just put your hands up. God bless you. You're still here. Matter of fact, guess what? Hang on. I brought you. I brought you all free Chick Fil A today, just because. Put the. Would you, Charlie? Would you hand these out to those guys? I got. I think I got enough to take care of everybody right there. Okay. Isn't that great? I just want to bless them. Charlie, don't put those in your pocket. Come on. Come on now. I tell you. Well, it is a joy to be here, and it's really kind of unique. Uh, today's a special day. It's uh, my son Justin is with me. And Justin was a part of those early years with us, but today's also his birthday. Yeah, so if you all want to just give it up to him for a little bit. He, is, uh, he has made me a grandfather, or for those who speak Espanol and Abalo, and so therefore I am, I'm good. I am good. I am blessed. And we got one more on the way. We're here in December, so we're, we're, we're asking the Lord, is that, did you make, is there a girl there coming to the Lord? We don't know, but we'll wait and see. But uh, it is a pleasure, and... Um, in 93, um, gosh, I was 39 years old. Jim, that's, that's, that's crazy. And uh, so I uh, felt like I just really needed to expand my wings in ministry. And uh, we left here, and really, honestly, our hearts were ripped out of our chest when we left here. Mm-mm-mm. But then, you know, what's interesting is you walk with God, what he does with you is amazing guys, and we probably could have a room full of testimonies today as we talked about our journeys. And I'm going to talk a little bit about my journey. I'm going to talk a little bit more about some more substance with that. But when you think about our journeys, we, we went to Kentucky. Yeah, we went to Versailles. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, thought, I thought it was Versailles also, you know, and then I found out it's Versailles, Versailles, Kentucky, you know. <laughs> I even learned how to talk Kentucky, you know, and uh, it, it's, it's not... It's not, it's not Athens, it's Athens. You know, you learn all kinds of crazy things about, you know, wherever you go. But we get there, and I, get, I pursue the, uh, the pastoral side of ministry, and we're there for about f- almost four years in that, in that community. And then God, I was released from that particular ministry, and then I got involved in an in a inner city church in Lexington. It was called Eastside, and it was actually being, op- uh, being hosted by South, South and Christian Church. It was a large church in Lexington. And they sort of employed me to help with this inner city church and began to burst some things in me that I just didn't really know that was there. And then pretty soon that church, the south side, well, we're going we're gonna to fold this ministry up. We, we don't think it's really going to be able to be a profitable thing. And I thought, well, if corporations merge, why can't smaller churches merge? So I presented that idea to their eldership of about 20 men and they loved it. And next thing I know, we found another church in town that was struggling. We put the two together and next thing you know, we created what we called Northeast Christian Church in the south and northeast part of Lexington and went from 400 people and went to 1,500 people in less than five years. And it was just exploded, exploded ministry. And I went from preaching to become an executive pastor. And then also from that, I also went into missions. And God began just opening my doors. It's crazy. Crazy that the doors that God has walked me down the last 40 years. And... Um, so then, as I always thought back to Harborside, this was, this was just, I was here at, as, 
at its birth. And to stand here this morning and to see you men here today is a reminder once again that the gospel, the word of God does not go void, but that it passes on from generation to generation. And to be able to stand before you and to see you this morning, I just applaud you. I applaud you, my brothers, for being who you are and being a part of a fellowship that's trying to be the light of Jesus in this community. And I don't know about you, but where I work in Orlando at Chick-fil-A, um, my store is right across the street from the main 911 call center of Orange County uh, Sheriff's Department, also the fire department and also the Orange County Sheriff's Department. So I feed deputies and highway patrolmen all week long. They're in my store. When they eat my store, they eat free. I had, the other night, I had, I had six, six undercover cops, black, you know, the black flaps, you know, fully loaded, arsenal, except for the, you know, the ninja thing, you know, and they, they were in there eating, you know, enjoying their meal, and two little old ladies come over, and they said, sir, sir. I walked over, and they said, yes, ma'am, what can I help you? how can I help you? She said, do they always eat in here? I said, yes, ma'am. Oh, I feel so safe. <laughs> so, you know, you just, you know, you just, you know how to, how to get, how to get them. And it was amazing. And matter of fact, I don't know about you, but I'm just, every time I hear things happening, like what happened in Dallas yesterday, I'm, I think about, I think about all those, those deputies that come in my store. And how many remember the old TV show, Hill Street Blues? Okay. You remember that? And what was, what was, what was the old Sarge's main line before they got out and left from roll call? You remember? Be careful out there. I said every day. They come in the store, they eat. As they turn around to thank me after I fed them, I said, be careful out there. And, uh, you know, in, the other day when Orlando, we went through our tragic situation of those 49 people that were assassinated and killed in that uh, nightclub. A deputy was in the store the, the next day with his two sons. And he's having lunch with them. I walked over to him and said, how are you doing today? He said, no, I'm, I'm good. I said, were you there? Yeah. yeah. He said, I got the phone call. And he said, don't get here now. And he said, it was ter- terrible. The next day later, he's there. Where is he? What do you find him? He's sitting with his two sons. What's the most important about life? His two sons. You know, when you think about life, you think about the things that we go through, and we all can have stories. We have stories that will excite us and stories that will break our hearts. And... Um, I thought about this morning, and Tim was talking about, you know, what you guys have been going, what you've been hearing, what's been talking. It's kind of funny. John Caldwell, who spoke to you last month, was really crazy. Was that he was from Ozark, was preaching a little church in Dadeville, Missouri. You didn't know, you don't know this. And when he left, pretty soon they were looking for another preacher. Guess who came in to preach for that little church? Moi, right here. Yeah, I was Caldwell's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I stand on Caldwell's shoulders. I was better than he was, but anyway, but uh, <laughs> no. Just, just kidding. Sorry, John, if you're listening to this online. But uh, no, John is a great, was a great man and uh, is a great man. And we've served in some committees and missions and stuff like that. But with all being said, just you start looking at your life and how the pin dots, and you start matching them up with what God is doing. And I came back to, after being in Kentucky, moved there in 93, moved back in 207, was coming to help a church in Orlando, and that church didn't thrive. And it, it, it folded. And with that, I was trying to think, what, what am I going to do? You know, who's going to take an, old, an older guy on a church staffing where at my stage in life at, at the end of my 50s? And then um, a bunch of people said, well, we'll start a new church. I said, well, 
you're, you're crazy. I said, first off, I'm, I'm in my late 50s. Starting a new church is not an easy thing to do. And secondly, I don't have, we don't have any income. Then bing, Lexington, Kentucky, I created a golf organization called Golf for the Hungry. We raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for local, local and global needs. And guess who was a part of my inf- infrastructure? Chick-fil-A. So the operator who was in an election, he said, hey, when you ever get to Orlando, you need to meet my, my brother-in-law who works there, who owns a Chick-fil-A. And so eventually, after three years, three and a half years of working in this one church, looking for a job, I end up standing, sitting before his brother-in-law, talking about my story. He said, well, let's send me your application, your, your resume. <laughs> Here's a Chick-fil-A asking a preacher for a resume. That's really interesting. <laughs> Brother, I, I don't have a, I've got an ordination certificate, and that's all I have to show for, you know. He said, send it to me. So they sent my resume out to 25 Chick-fil-A's in Orlando area. Hadn't heard anything. I was still involved in a lot of missions. Matter of fact, I was getting, I was getting on a plane to fly to Africa for a speaking engagement for a college conference uh, called NIFUS, and they had about, about 7,000 college students from all over Africa coming in to be a part of this. And so I was there to participate in this, and I'm getting off the plane in Abuja, Nigeria. And I thought, well, you know, I'm just going to turn my phone on, just see if it, because I signed up for the international thing, you know, the international plan that costs you an arm and a leg, you know what I'm talking about. I thought, i got to stay connected, Craig, to this guy. <laughs> if, if I, I might need help somewhere if I'm out here in the bush somewhere. And so I turned my phone on. This is crazy, guys. I turned my phone on. I'm coming down the escalator in this rough airport in Abuja, Nigeria, and my phone rang. Yeah, it was Craig. Craig was calling. He said, um, yeah, he wanted to know if I, if I had a daughter that his son could, could marry. And uh, <laughs> No, matter of fact, my daughter just got engaged last night, guys. So there we go. I'm, I've got a wedding. I'm, there we go. That's right. I'll be looking for more work. So if you've got yards to mow or things like that, I need to make some more money, okay? But with all that being said... Um, I get off the, I pick up the phone and he said, Hey, uh, is this Ron? Yes, it is. He said, this is, this is Bill. He says, I'm calling from Chick-fil-A. He go, he said, I, can, I, can I meet with you? I said, well, not right now, buddy. I said, um, he said, where are you? I said, well, I'm just getting off a plane in Africa. And lo and behold, I said, well, he said, well, he said, what are you doing? So well, I'm speaking. He said, well, he said, uh, who are you speaking to? And I said, well, I'm speaking to college students. I said, well, you answered question number one. I said, okay. And then he said, what's your life pass? I told him about that. Well, that answers question number two. He said, when you come back to town, can I talk to you? So I went to work for Chick-fil-A when I got back to town. From that, of course, real quickly, his, his, inter, his franchise dissolved and he left. Another guy comes in. He saw my workmanship and how I handled the store. And he said, I want the store if you will stay. And at that point in time, my wife said to me, he said, I think you need a break from ministry. You need something different. So here's the happening. After 40 years of being in the located ministry in the church, God puts me in the marketplace, Carlos. Isn't that amazing? And I have concluded after six years, my friends, that probably the, my best ministry years have been the last six years in some sense because I meet with hundreds if not thousands of people on a weekly basis that run through our store. I'm talking to CEOs, bank presidents. Uh, my title is Senior Director of Talent, Marketing, and Emotional Connections. That means I cry all the time. But, it, but um, what that really means is that I'm building a relationship. So basically what I've turned my Chick-fil-A into, we have 200 employees. 
For those who are in the business world, we're operating right now. We're heading right now to be a $10.5 million operation by the end of the year. We are rocking. I mean, there's chicken flying out the door. I mean, I mean, it's dead chicken, okay? I mean, <laughs> flying out the door. And uh, it is absolutely hilarious what's going on there. But in the midst of this, God is opening doors for me to just reach out to people, Lee. It is amazing what happens. A week and a half ago, one of my, one of my favorite customers, his name was Hal, or Hank. Hank was something else. He wasn't a general, but when he walked in, I always snapped to the attention. I said, sir, good morning. Welcome. Your table is seated right over here. He would have his seat. Did not know a lot about Hal until, until a, few, a few months ago when he passed away. Made a hospital visit to him one night while he was on a respirator. Didn't, he didn't even know I was there, but I prayed over him. And found out later on he was a survivor from Iwo Jima. Wow. That's, that's, it just took me back. Iwo Jima, you've got to be kidding me. Marine, tough. His nails. Got any Marines in here this morning? God bless you, my brothers and Marines. Simplify, my brothers. Absolutely. And with all that being said, uh, when he, I went to his funeral, walked in the door, and the, the, the daughter, Nancy, came in. She said, Ron, uh, um, one of the speakers is not here. Can you fill in? <laughs> sure. Uh, absolutely. I don't have any notes. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, here you go. But that's the kind of things that begin to happen. Things begin to unfold. And so as I think about all the interactions, the police officers, the fire, the rescue, all the people that go on in life, I think, what better place is it than to be in the midst of the marketplace where you're in the trenches with people? And I thought about, you know, this past week was interesting because with it being the 4th of July, we just happened to be here on vacation, surprisingly. And Justin came down with his family, and so my daughter and her now to be my soon-to-be son-in-love, uh, who is a part of it. We're all there camped out in this house down in St. Pete. Fourth of July is a great weekend. Doesn't mean a lot to some people, but it means a lot to me. I don't know about you. You know, you can't go through the celebration of July 4th and not think of the early foundations of our nations. Those who had a vision for something greater than the, what they had before. See the flag flying and hear the songs playing, walked in publics and heard, heard the old uh, songs being played on July the 4th. Played community bands announcing marching parades, things going on, being thankful that we're a free people living in a country. But then you hear these words, and then you're reminded once again, what, do we, what, what, do we, what does this country represent? And then you'll understand where I'm going. This is not a political speech. I'm not, not running for office. Just know that, Carlos, you're safe. Okay, I'm not running. Not asking for money. We, the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, to establish justice, to ensure, to ensure domestic tranquility, to provide for the common defense, to promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty to others and prosperity, do ordain and establish this Constitution of the United States of America. It's been a long time since we heard those words read, didn't it? When you think about what's taking place, you know, our early founders, I think probably if, if they had tweeting back in the day, it would have been hashtag all lives matter. You know where I'm going with that statement today. And when I think about this, all lives matter. And we think about our nation, this constitution was based on our country on principles that was structured of, on vision. It was led to decisions which brought us to this very moment which we find ourselves today. And as we long, we embrace these principles, we see a strong nation, but if we change and ignore those principles, 
and choose to go a different direction, there will be no guarantee of what kind of future we're going to face. I think we're kind of in that position right now. I don't know where you're at, but that's where I'm at. James Madison, one of the primary authors of the Constitution of the United States, wrote these words. Listen to this. This is what he, this is what he said. We stake the whole future of our new nation not upon the power of government. Far from it. We have staked the future of all of our political constitutions upon the capacity of each of ourselves to govern ourselves according to the moral principles of the Ten Commandments. James Madison. And when I see what happened yesterday and when I saw what happened in Orlando, when we've seen things that have happened around our nation you know, count, I mean, I don't know what it's like over here, but I, I, it's, it's, it almost becomes mundane, the point that, fact that we can turn on the news in Orlando and there's someone's being killed on a daily basis, it seems like. And you think about Ten Commandments, the simple Ten Commandments. It's what they thought our country should be based upon, the principles of morale. It's the foundation of how we live our lives. And the same thing, honestly, you know, as you think about this whole event of what took place, I think, how, how, can this, how can this happen? Well, it can happen because when God's taken out of, out, of the, out, of the, out of life, it leaves a vacuum, and the people will fill the vacuum with their own moral decisions. And the moral decisions will not be based upon godly things. Now, saying that, the same thing can be said about our spiritual lives. And I thought about today, what, what I want to talk to you about. I mean, what would I, what would I come back and say? If these, if these were my last words to you, you never saw my face again, never heard my voice again, what would be my last words to you? Because like the brother who just passed away this, this week, two weeks in cancer and gone. Wow. Life can happen in a breath. What would I say to you? Well, for example... Where do you find your key principles and foundations for daily living? What would you say? What is the basis upon which you filter your life process? It's interesting, when we do interviews, but our Chick-fil-A, we do group interviews. So it's kind of fun. We'll have six young people sitting at a table. The operator and myself are sitting there, good cop, bad cop kind of situation. It's hilarious. It's absolutely hilarious. And we're interacting with these young people. We try to figure out what is their filter process? We'll ask them for a question. For example, Carlos, I'll say to you, I'll say, Carlos, what's your favorite movie? And I'm thinking, what's that have to do with chicken? It has nothing to do with chicken. It has everything to do. I want to find out what makes you tick. What, do you, what resonates with you? Now tell us, now, how does that movie resonate with you? How does it connect with you? Nothing for a little bit. Then they might go up and I'll say, for example, I'll say, okay, Mike, hey, Mike, what's your favorite car? And how does that connect with you? And all of a sudden, you know, they're thinking, oh, they're thinking hard. He's thinking Ferraris. Oh, and he's thinking Ferraris. That was that. <laughs> black and fast, right? Yeah, fast and furious. Woo, get out of the way. And so, you know, we're, we're trying to figure out what's the filter process of their life. What is the foundation of it? How do they think? How do they make decisions? One of our other questions we'll ask them, we'll come and go up to them, we'll go, well, Matt, hey, for example, what do you do if you had a date, nothing to do, nothing, no work, no responsibility, nothing to do, what would you do with that day? You're thinking right now, aren't you? Yeah, you know exactly what you do, won't you, huh? And so we want to find out, what do you do with your free time? And the same thing, is you think about our own spiritual lives, there is a foundation upon which we make our decisions. It's the filter process. That's our worldview. 
And my brothers, it is important that we consider that today. And that's my message going to be to you. My constitution of life. I'm going to share with you my life scripture. And I try to live this out every day, my brothers. Book of Mark, chapter 12. Listen to these words. You don't have your Bible. If you have your electronic Bible, you can pull it up as you want. Mark 12. Good stuff. One of the teachers of the law came and heard, heard him debating, noticing that Jesus had given him a good answer. He asked him, he said, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus said. The most important one is, hear, O Israel, the Lord God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And the second is like this, to love your neighbor as yourself. For this is the one commandment greater than these. No commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You're right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. And to love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength. And with all your love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all the offers and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom. It's the key to that statement. You are not far from the kingdom. When Bob was was awarded the Chick-fil-A upon which I was giving management to, he created an LLC. And after Bob and I was talking, Bob is the operator. He's the the franchise owner and operator. We talked about, what are we going to name this company of these two stores? And he went with LGLP, Mark 12. Love God, love people, incorporated. Isn't that great? That's awesome. The company I work for is LGLP, Love God, Love People, Incorporated. And that's what we do. And, and honestly, to be real quite honest, I am a chicken chaplain, Ron. <laughs> I'm a chicken chaplain. Isn't that awesome? I mean, what do you do for that? I'm a chicken chaplain. Yeah. You know, it's amazing. You know, and, and this, is not a, this is not a Chick-fil-A. This is a, this is a chicken chapel. You're, you're, and so we've just created this whole environment where people come in, and they're coming in for lunch every day, Lee and Craig. They're coming in. They're business guys. Just, you know, they kind of get a break for the moment. And, and we just treat them like, they, like nothing else. We have taken second-mile service to the new level, home-style hospitality to its best, to the point that you don't lift your finger except to lift, fill, feed your mouth. And then I'll say to them, Slow down, H.J., because guess what? You're going to bite your hand if you don't slow down, right? And so it's amazing. And so they, they, just, they just get all into it, and they just love that all that intention. They don't even know what my past is. I love that. I'm an undercover preacher. <laughs> it's awesome. They don't even know. I don't have to bring out my badge or anything. I just serve them. And all my kids, some of my kids are not all, not all kids are Christians at Chick-fil-A. Because we look for good kids. We're looking for amazing kids. ROTCs, Eagle Scouts. I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm trying to find the best because I want to give them the best platform. Because we tell them this is not a this is not a landing strip, my friends. This is a launch pad. And I can I tell them, this is so crazy. This is so crazy. I will tell them if you serve and work here while you're in high school and college, Ed, if you do that and show yourself. When you put Chick-fil-A on your resume, I can guarantee you your first corporate interview. Why? 
because the corporate world respects what Chick-fil-A produces and employees. It's awesome. Thank you. God took me out of the church, put me in the marketplace, and that's the kind of interactions I'm getting. I meet with some of the top lawyers in, in, in Orlando. I meet some of the highest bank presidents. I, I know them all. I feel like I could run for office and probably win, but I'm not, go- not going to. Even one of our senator's sons eats in my store all the time, and I'm always getting the hand-down information on how the senator's doing, you know, and it's interesting to say the least. But in the midst of all this, it's a foundation upon living. Mark 12 is my foundation, to love the Lord, you got the heart, mind, soul, and strength. And when you break it all down, let me just kind of give you a real quick synopsis of it. First thing is just two simple principles. You, you'll, you'll remember this today, I guarantee it. Point one. Love God. Guys, if we're not loving God and loving on him every day, we are missing the moment. It's what adds to your life. It's what changes your, the way you look at your life. It's the way you change the way you look at your work. Sometimes we come into church and we feel like, you know, that, that the, the pastor and the staff, you know, I mean, they're the, they're the ones that, you know, are really making a difference and making a connection. But honestly, no, they're not. I mean, I'm out there just giving it all week long, and by the time I get to Friday night, I am whipped like all of you because we're giving it all week long to our, to our businesses. Am I right? Yeah, you understand. I'm right there with you. I'm living in the trenches with you. And when I get to the weekend, I'm wore out, but yet I still, I still serve the church. The church found out what I did, and so now I'm leading their ministry on uh, Finding Your Fit, which is a spiritual gifts class. And so I'm, I'm leading the team, and so we do that three, four times a year. And so, you, you know, they, they found out. So I serve, but I'm whipped. I need a chance to refresh. And if I don't have a foundation upon which to live, I will not make it. I can't bank on 40 years of being in the ministry thinking that's going to carry me through into heaven. I've got to be living it out on a daily basis. Loving God. What's interesting, Jesus is quoting Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. And Jesus' purpose was to show that a person's total being must be involved in loving God. Nothing must be held back because God holds nothing back from us. Not a thing. When I think about all the relationships I have, Charlie, over the years, I've missed you dearly. You and Tim, I mean, we've played basketball in our driveway. We've been together. I didn't smoke cigars. And if I did, I wouldn't admit it. <laughs> but with all that being said, you know, we just, we, we, we had life together. We had community together. We, uh, we, we wept together. And when you think about loving God in that way, we're called to love God completely, not only because due to the Spirit of God that dwells in each of us, but who accepted us for who we are. God took each one of us, guys. We're all filthy rags this morning. We didn't all have pure thoughts this week. We didn't all do, do the right thing. Would I be, am I the only one? No, you're with me, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, I knew you'd say that. And with that in mind, how do you love? And Jesus said, here's how you love. You love him with your mind. What does that mean? Well, the mind is the center of the person's intellect. Love you with my soul, which is the person's being and uniqueness. The heart, which is the center of desires and affections. And then there's the strength, referring to our physical capabilities. The vertical relationship with God can be regarded in this manner. Heart. Think about it. Let's not talk about the heart this morning. Is he the focus of my affections? What do you love the most, guys? 
Jesus said in Luke 12, he said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. When you get to the stage in life, you begin realizing that maybe the things I've been chasing are the wrong things. I've been, I've been chasing the wrong things. What's really most important is your family, your God, right? And when you think about that, you begin to realize that, that uh, wow, you want to make a difference. And how, how do you grow from that standpoint? I've got a young lady in my store. Her dad comes in. He's, he was training his daughter, his two daughters. Keep this name in the back of your head because this gal is amazing. Her name is China Lee. She'll become the, I, I, I totally believe this, she'll become the, the, new, the new female Ali. She is amazing. She's undefeated at the age of 12. She's heading for the Olympics in 2020 in Tokyo. This girl is something. I call her my bodyguard. She only stands like her right here. But I'll, I'll take her any day over you, Carlos. I'm sorry. I, I love you, buddy. You know, but, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm sorry. I love you, buddy, but that's it's the way it is, you know. And so, you know, you think about that. You think, wow, that's the kind of people I interact with on a daily basis. How do I, I just because his dad, he, he said to me one day, he said, he taught me, he said, Ronnie, so I'm talking to people. He said, I asked him to think about what do they love the most in life? He said, now, if you want to make a difference in your life, he said, put a scale of one from one to ten. One to ten. All right, Chip, here we go. One to ten. All right. If you would base, if you evaluated your life this morning and said, okay, where am I on 1 to 10 in the way I'm pursuing God with all my heart? I'm not asking you to say this out loud, but you're thinking about this. Where would you put yourself on that scale of 1 to 10? And wherever number you've just landed on, because you already have landed on that number, what is it going to take to get from there to 10? That was his analogy. And then he said, he said to me, he said, then Ron, I say this. And I go, what, what, what is it? He goes, then what's the difference maker to get you from point A to point B? And he says, it's you. It's you. You're the one that's going to make the difference in that. You're the one. It's because you've got to change your priorities. You change the way you look at life, the way you go about doing life. And when you think about that, then all of a sudden things begin to change. But then and he says soul. The soul is also another aspect of how we love God. That means it's our inner being. So are you willing to give him your life itself? Does God really have, does God really own you this morning? Or does he have just a part of you this day? If he has just a part of you, then you're not getting the full enjoyment of what it means to walk with him and to love him with everything. Do you love God with your total being? Do you worship God and genuinely reflect your inner desires and everything that goes on within you? Then there's the mind. I honestly believe this is the toughest place. The mind. It's the battleground upon which we deal with life. Is your, when you think about your mind, is your faith fully based on totally trusting in him? And Does my commitment fully involve your intellectual capacities? Is your mind trained to think on moral absolutes? For example, Romans chapter 12. Interesting scripture. Because in this passage, it talks about our mind. And the apostle writes it this way. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is a spiritual act of service. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Where does sin take place? It's in your mind. It starts there. It's where the enemy begins. 
It begins processing, adding things, and you're thinking, well, maybe you should think about that, Tim, for a little bit. Or maybe you should think about this, Bill, for a little bit. And then once that, if we dwell long enough, it soon takes root, and from that, it becomes, then it becomes an act outside our mind. And Jesus says, if we're going to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, the last thing is your strength. Tony, where are you? Is Tony still here? I think it's Tony. I saw a guy. I think his name's Tony. Maybe I did. He's really, he's, he works out. He's got muscles. When I saw him this morning, I thought, you know what? Those guys just make me drool. I've got a guy I meet with on a weekly basis. He's a sweet guy. Going through divorce right now. His wife informed me after 25 years that she's, she's ready to move on without him. He's a, he's a class swimmer. Swam for Clemson on college scholarships. He's now age 50. Still swims competitively. He looks amazing, Charlie. Like you. you know, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> No, I'm. And I think about strength and what does it take. We're in a house this week that has three flights of stairs. And to be quite honest, my knees are hurting this morning, Tim. I'm just going to admit that. I'm not old, just my knees are old, okay? And you start thinking of strength. What is that? I'm going to gain my strength. So mind, you know, I love God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. Jesus said that's the step to how you love God. But then he says this, concludes it this way, which is really amazing. So amazing that we would think in that direction. That we love, love our neighbors or ourself. Abraham Lincoln, 1863, made this comment. He said, we have been recipients of the choicest bounties of heavens. We have been preserved for many of these many years in peace and prosperity. We have grown in numbers, wealth and power. No other nation has grown. We, but we have forgotten God. We have forgotten the gracious hand that preserved us in peace and, mul- and multiplied and enriched and strengthened us. We have vainly imagined in our deceitful, deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated, now catch this phrase, intoxicated with unbroken success, we have become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace, too proud to pray to God who made us. Abraham Lincoln, one of our presidents, Could that be said about us this morning? That we've become so self-sufficient that we just don't have have time to really talk to God about things. When really we'll be talking to him every day. Good morning, Lord. Walk with me, Lord. It's not a day I don't go when I'm not driving to work in that crazy Orlando traffic. Where I think, I, I told the other day, a Target manager, I just was sort of upset. Boy, people riding, driving their grocery carts to the store. And I said, I have concluded, my friend, that Target is where people learn to drive. <laughs> They're everywhere. Carts going everywhere, you know. But I'm driving to work, I'm always thinking, Lord, how, how are you going to use me today? Who am I going to meet? Who am I going to interact with? It is amazing when you begin to realize what God, how God begins to orchestrate our steps. Some days, some days I felt like I was all alone. All my connections of ministry have been dissolved when I went into the marketplace. But yet God keeps reminding me, I've not forgotten you because you're still trying to put me first. One day I had a man walk in my store. He's with a ministry. Brought a man in from Iraq who fled 
because he was about to be pursued because he was a, became a Christian and his dad had a publishing company and the publishing company the Iraqi government found out about and they were coming in to get him. He got out within 24 hours before they found him. Came to Christ. Was looking for work. Got to talking to this man from this ministry and I said, well, he said, yeah, well, he, he mentioned this particular element of, in the mission field. And I go, well, yeah, I know someone in that area. I said, you know, he was a part of the beginning stages of that. He goes, really? Yeah. Yeah, I said, well, he wasn't. I mentioned the guy's name. The name's Chuck. He said, I'm on Chuck's board. I can get out of town. God just begins to molt, moving you around. So when you devote yourself to heart, mind, soul, and strength, he begins to respond to you in ways you never dreamed. And I think, I, I mean, Lincoln said it back in 1863, but, I, man, our nation is and has forgotten God, I believe. And the only way it's going to happen is when it bubbles from the bottom up, not from the top down. Until the men catch on fire, until the church catches on fire in a way that will change the course of a culture, that's the only way it's going to happen. Loving people. I do it all week long. I love on people in all kinds of ways. Had a homeless guy one, 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 uh, about two years ago out in the trash bin digging through the trash. It's like near Thanksgiving time. <laughs> I said, hey, 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 whoa, whoa. hey, buddy, you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't get in the trash bin. I said, that food's not safe. Oh, yeah, so we just got to take care of my buddies over in the woods. I said, ah, what's up? I said, it's Thanksgiving. You can't be getting in. He said, I, he said I'll, I'll take care of you. He said, man, I looked at him. He had the full beard. I mean, it, oh, scruffy clothes, smelled real bad. I said, you know, I said, I said you, know, you look like, sir, you ever heard of a guy named John the Baptist? He goes, Yeah. I said, man, you, 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 you look like John the Baptist. He said, no. He said, John's over in the woods. <laughs> I had a man the other day. He was so mad. You left my sauces out of my bag of Chick-fil-A. And if I don't get a phone call from you, I'm going to post this on the social media. Went to corporate. I called him. Did a little research on him. Found out about he was from Cincinnati. Found out that he had some connections. And pretty soon I called him. And next thing I know, he was happy as a lark. Because I said, is this, is this that number from Ohio? Oh, no. He's, he said, it's not. He's from another state. He said, but I am from Cincinnati. I go, oh, really? I said, it's amazing. I said, matter of fact, he said, but when I think of Cincinnati, I think of Montgomery and barbecue. I think of Skyline Chili. And pretty soon he's going, oh, yeah, man, that's amazing. He said, oh, I said, I know it. I'm so sorry that we messed up and didn't put your sauce in your chicken nuggets. But I said, we're going to give you another bag of those. Is that okay? He goes, oh, amazing, awesome. He was laughing at the end of the phone call. Love your neighbor as yourself. It wasn't my mistake, but I made it my mistake. Made him my friend. Love your neighbors yourself. Unfortunately, what happened yesterday is not an example of that. And we think about everything that goes on around us. We wonder, begin, wow, this is crazy. I mean, I'm counseling people. I'm doing a wedding in two weeks from a family in the store who found out I was a pastor and, and passed, and they want to know if they could do their son's wedding. That began to happen in the marketplace. I've been to, I've been to a funeral, been to a Jewish funeral. That was an experience to learn what, how was the process when a Jew was buried and found out that when everybody leaves, rather than leaving, leaving a rose petal on the, on the casket, everybody takes a shovel of dirt and they throw it in on top of the casket as a part of the process of burying. 
I've been to funerals. I've been to, like I said, I've been to hospital calls. I interact with people. I have people pray for me. I've got people who I pray for when it comes on to it. And what I'm trying to say this morning is you love God, you love people. Is my foundation of life. My question for you is, what is your foundation for life? What is your filter process upon which you go about your daily living? What is the filter upon which you make your decisions and your choices? Matter of fact, if it was time, it'd be good to have a table discussion as to what scripture would you choose? You may not have one this morning in mind. Maybe you should think about that a little bit. Ask God, what scripture? Where would I go? What, what verse in the Bible would I use as a basis that I would say, if, I, if you want to know what I'm all about, big dog, what scripture would that be? What scripture would everybody say? They look to big dog and they're going to say, that, that man lives that to the word. Tom lives it to the word. See, that is what's going to make a difference. That becomes your constitution of life. It becomes the foundation. And as I, as I said here this morning, as I stand here, I think about, I feel like I'm one of the founding fathers of this place. And to come back and see you and to realize it's grown to this capacity. I mean, there are days that we didn't, we didn't have this many at church. Right, Ron? And then to have this many men come together on a Saturday morning is absolutely mind-blowing. But that's what the gospel does, Jerry. It stirs us, motivates us, and moves us forward. So, with that being said, I know we're going to have a closing because big dogs follow me, and I'm happy about that. But can I pray for these guys before you do? That'd be okay. And uh, matter of fact, uh, do we uh, do you have any policemen in here this morning? Deputies? Okay. Because we did. I was going to just lay hands on them and pray on today. But I just want to thank you guys for letting me be here today. I hope I've said something that maybe struck a string in your heart and gave you something to think about. Because it's going to be worth everything. And maybe someday I'll get to come back. I'll probably not, never be able to stand on a pulpit and preach, but, you know, but that's okay. If you come back, we'll be nice to you. Well, you will be? Thank yeah. you, Lee. You're, you're such a nice guy. <laughs> Lee, oh, okay. You want to pray for someone? Pray, oh, pray, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Boy, you know, when you got friends like that, who needs an, who needs an enemy like that, right? Can I share this with you? I'm afraid. How long is this story going to take? You knew I was coming today because you talked about filters. <laughs> I don't have any. Oh, my. There we go. All right. Well, let's, let's, let's get you one, okay? Yeah, I'm looking right now. Oh, there we go. All right. Let me pray for you, brothers, today. Thank you. Lord, I thank you for these men this morning that have assembled in this place. And truly, Lord, I am unworthy to even be standing it before them. But, Lord, I thank you for the privilege to be reminded once again of how, Lord, you have walked with me over these years and give me opportunities to share and to lead and to look into people's eyes and to speak encouragement to people. And, Lord, I thank you for the ministry you've given to me now in the marketplace. And, Lord, I thank you for my brothers today who are out there in the trenches every day, who are in their businesses trying to make sure that business runs efficiently and effectively and the profits are looking appropriately and that and handling those losses, but yet also working with those employees and fellow employees. And, Lord, all the stress that goes with all that, Lord, help them, Lord, to not lose sight of the fact that they have a constitution, which is your word. And, Lord, help them to find that exact phrase in your constitution. 
that they can add to their life that will help them to be an example of who you are to all the people they interact with on a daily basis. Thank you, Lord, for this church. Thank you for the eldership. Thank you for the leadership. But mostly we thank you for who you are, God, because you are a good God. You're a great God. And we are humbled by what you have done for us. We pray for our nation today. We pray for all those who have lost loved ones as of yesterday. But Lord, we know that you have not left us nor forsaken us, but Lord, we pray you help us to continue to be lights to this community. And I ask this all in Jesus' name. And my brothers would say, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ron. There's your note. By the way, Ron, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's my verse, by the way. Give, give it up. Give yeah. it up. There you I go. I started to say, That's you know, Timmy's always a little concerned when he offers the mic to Cooter and Big Dog. He never knows what we might say. We've never met a mic we didn't like. Insurance peddlers, you know. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. Love God. Love your neighbor. Love people. Amen. Well, Timmy asked me to close in prayer. You know, I only know two prayers. The one is now lay me down to sleep. You know, that one. Y'all know that one. Y'all know that. Charlie, you know that one. And the other one is Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That's all the words I know of that one, too. Let's stand together and I'll dismiss us in prayer. And, uh, Hope you have a a good rest of the week. Gracious Father, thank you for your daily blessings on us and our families. We lift up our fellow brethren in the police community, and we ask a special blessing on the families of those that were struck down this week. Continue your blessings on Harborside Christian, our pastor Kurt Parker, and all of our church leaders. May we ever be a shining light for Christ in this community. Jesus, help us be the men of faith who are resolved to do right in your sight. And let us continually look to you for your guidance in our daily lives. Help us to be men who know your word, we follow your word, and especially with an attitude that doesn't drive people away, but indeed draws them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now dismiss us with your tender, loving care. Guide us. Guard us and direct our paths. We humbly bow and ask this in the holy name of Jesus, our eternal Savior. Amen and amen.